Hi everyone, Kate here and you are listening to the Smiling Entrepreneurs podcast. Today's episode features me interviewing Coral Horn. Coral is the founder of the Pink Link Ladies, which is a ladies only networking group in the north of England. And we talk about all things networking, running a business as a female and the unique challenges that that brings, um, what her members are looking for and the extraordinary times that we've been facing over the last 12 months as we all navigate our businesses in pandemic times. Coral and I discovered we had quite a lot in common and I hope you enjoy listening to the episode. Hi, Coral. Thank you for joining us this morning. Morning, Kate. Nice to be with you. Yes, it's it's great to have you here. So just to let our listeners know who you are, you are Coral Horn of the Pink Link Ladies. So what is the Pink Link Ladies? It's a business network for women in business. Um, so traditionally, Kate, I'm sure you're probably aware, prior to COVID, we used to meet in different geographical locations face to face, just connecting women um, who do business from all different types of um, walks of life. And that's what makes it so interesting for me, because we can have a baker, a banker, a solicitor, a web designer, you know, all very diverse. Um some of them working on their own, some of them working from home, some of them in larger firms, employing loads of people. And the idea was to uh, bring them together so they can share knowledge, um, help each other, um, refer business um, and just build relationships. Um, so now we meet on Zoom, um, but it's all still, we're all still able to do it on Zoom. I think when we moved to Zoom at the beginning of this, People were like, oh, it's not going to be the same. And yeah, it's different. You know, um, we're not sort of together having coffee, et cetera, and no hugging and kissing and all of that. But business is still being done, which is the main focus of what we do. Yeah, absolutely. So what got you started in this and, and how long have you been running it for? Okay. Um, over 11 years now. Oh, wow. I sort of did it by accident really um when I left corporate because I came from a corporate background um and I said I was in sales sales management and um I set up sales training business and so initially I was working with a lot of um SMEs who were just starting out and they it's great when you have a skill um, so you might be a web designer or something, and I couldn't do what a web designer does. I'm rubbish on computers, um, and I have no idea about design. Um, and so their skill may lay in that. But then when it comes to selling something, it was like, cracky, how do I do this? You know, that sales process. So initially, my first business was working in sales and training SMEs and going in large companies and doing sales um, strategies and, and performance, etc. And as I was doing that, I was meeting loads of women who were starting the businesses. And we we had a, one session was about lead generation. And within that, as you can imagine, part of the marketing strategy was networking. And I knew that through setting up the first business that I'd been networking. And in my first year, I'd worked out that 50% of our sales had come from me directly calling companies that I wanted to work with. And the other 50% had come through networking. Mm -hmm. Um, So I realized it was quite a powerful tool from a a sales point of view. And all these women were saying, oh, I 
just when we got to that bit i can't stand it i've been and i didn't like it i was yeah. the only there was only me and one other woman in a room of 30 30 people and the blokes weren't really interested in what i did and you know all of this kept coming and yeah i thought you know what that's really sad because if they're not enjoying the networking potentially they could be losing half of their sales people yeah. here you know um and when you when you start to listen to that all the time there's an old saying isn't there that you should you should listen out for these things and when it kept repeating the same message i thought somebody's trying to tell me something here so that's when i decided i was going to look into it further mm -hmm. um which at the time was probably a bit crazy because i'd only had me over business for a year um and I, you know we were we were turning over a profit but we weren't making loads of money um because we were so new um but i decided no i need to listen so i did market research and i, I did a, a form that i sent out to 50 women i would met in business and i said right what do you like about networking what do you not like what do you want uh timing duration how often you know all that sort of stuff and then i compiled the model from that and um we've tweaked it over the years as you can imagine in 11 years things don't stand still um and that's how it started and i thought it'll be one group um it started in blackpool in northwest um and i thought it'll be one group and we launched and it was a great success and then people started saying when are you coming to preston <laughs> and that sort of it sort of snowballed from that to the point where i then decided okay this is now taking up too much time doing this side i didn't have time for both businesses so i decided to let the other business go the sales and to concentrate on the growth of the network and that's what i've been doing for the last 11 years and i, I love it to be honest it's so fascinating all the different people you meet mm -hmm. um, and it makes a difference which you know is rewarding yeah absolutely i love that what you said about um the that how you started when you you spoke to other women and then you put that kind of survey for want of a better word out there and you know what what do you like what do you don't because so many people don't do that they come to the market with whatever idea they've got and you know this this is what i'm going to sell this is the way i'm going to do things and they don't listen to their customers um but you you did it the other way around you know you listened first and i, I think that's brilliant because that's obviously where your strengths come from because you're listening to exactly what people want um and so obviously you, you start at that that level delivering exactly what people want so i, I think that's that's really important well the thing with the first business was i knew sales because it was from my, my that was my background so i was very confident at that network setting up a networking group i'd never done that before so I I thought, you know, I need to ask people, you know, I, I've been networking and, you know, I knew how it worked. Um, but I thought if, if I'm going to get it right, because there were other female networks out there um, and I needed to understand why they weren't working for them as well. You know, so what is it they're doing that you don't like? Because, you know, also some of them said, well, you know, um, and a lot of it what came out from that was when I when I explored that was the network is run by a woman that maybe is a, a trainer or a coach. Mm -hmm. And so when we go to the network, um, she tells us for about 10 minutes about everything she does and then the courses that we can buy from her. Right. And so I was like, ah, oh, okay. So that made me realize that because I had the sales training not to bring that in. So mm -hmm. when I set up Pink Link, I didn't talk about the sales side of things um, because I realized that that turned them off because it then gave the impression that the only reason I'm doing this is to get you lot here so I can sell my other stuff to you. 
Um, so I was very careful about that and then and then took the decision just to move away from the sales side completely anyway. Um, and so, yeah, now I think the resounding thing that came out of that was if you're going to do this business, it has to be that the customer, the network and the customer is at the heart of what we're doing. You know, we have to put 100% into that to make sure that we help them uh, mm. to improve their businesses or their skills or their resources you know in, in whichever way we can so yeah that was one of the big things that came out of that marketing which was probably what helped us i think yeah. absolutely i love that too because it's all about services selling isn't it it's all services the new selling it's your your serving others um and that's that should always be the kind of first and foremost in, in your business is how can you serve more? How can you serve other people? So yeah, that, that's brilliant. We're completely on the same page on that. <laughs> um, so what about your members, um, the ladies that you meet, your, your networking ladies, what about them surprises you most? What, what do you kind of get a common theme come through that, that kind of surprises you amongst the, the ladies that you look after? Well, I did a, little, a lot of research into the differences between men and women in business um, as well. So I had an understanding um, because the other thing I did when I set up the business was this is female only, um, which sometimes I can get a bit of stick about, you know, from men. And um, so I looked into, um, I went to the equality and diversity department with the government and said, am I allowed to do this legally? You know, so I did that first and then it came out that because I could do that because women in uh, the UK, women in business is, a, is classed as a minority group. Mm -hmm. um, and that's because at the time I set up, about 17 percent of businesses are run or owned by women, in, women in the UK. And if you compare that to America, America's like 51 percent of businesses are run by women in America. Wow. So it's just a huge difference. And so that got me really interested into why is that? You know, why is there such a leap from 17 to 52? And we're not just far behind America. It's, it's further forward in, in Europe and various other places when you look at the stats. Um, and there are various reasons for that. And you can see that when the women come through. So sometimes it's uh, one of the biggest things is fear of failure that they just don't have a belief in themselves that they're capable and I think sometimes that can uh, come from our culture you know and it's way back you know from how we were brought up you know um, I remember being at school and um, I was going to sixth form and I was choosing you know some classes at sixth form and they said you should take up typing because you'll be a secretary yeah <laughs> it was like that was my only advice from careers advice people was you're going to be a secretary, you know. Um, and so I think that there's, there has to be a big change from a younger age so that we can actually impact. And I think it is happening now an impact on the growth of female business. But at the same time, so when I see the women come through, sometimes it's. Um, the fear, you know, I'm not good enough to do this. I won't be, I won't be successful. I don't have the skills. I don't have the knowledge. And so, yeah, that is, is, it doesn't surprise me anymore. Unfortunately, um, I think what does surprise me is when they come in and they have that great belief. And that's when I really love it. You know, it's yeah. like, she's, she's going for it. And so a lot of, a lot of what we do is to help with that confidence aspect. 
mm-hmm. making them feel more confident in themselves as a businesswoman, you know, and their skills and their belief and ability. Um, and I think that that's invaluable, mm-hmm. you know, because you can't really buy that. You've either got it or you haven't, you know, yeah. and so to work on it, to get them from small belief moving forward um, is a great is a great achievement, I think. And it helps them to become more successful in sales and everything that they do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it does. That does surprise me, you know, that that still happens. Um, I think as well. Um, lack of knowledge um we don't know where to go you know when they start business it's like this who do i go to Mm -hmm. so i think sometimes that's not understanding that there are um enterprise centers and hubs and things that they can go to as well to get help Mm -hmm. advice business advice support workshops training Um, and sometimes that's not um very well promoted I suppose in a way to hit the target audience because they're very unaware in mm-hmm. certain circumstances of what is available for them but that's where we sort of help to connect them to those people that can give them extra support and stuff mm-hmm. um, and help them to uh, gain more knowledge that yeah. will help them be more successful yeah it's interesting you say on the the confidence side because um I recently had a, a bit of a revelation um which I talked about uh, in one of our podcast episodes is I, I was 40 about a month or so ago now and That's I all. feel like I really <laughs> thank you I feel like I've really kind of finally stepped into that confidence piece where I don't really care so much what people think about me and I'm more um confident to have my opinion and you know, this this is me and kind of like it or lump it. And I feel that that's really been a bit of a kind of a coming of age thing. Um, what kind of ages are the, the ladies in the group? Do you have like all like all ages or does it tend to be people slightly later in life that are coming into business, you know, coming out of a corporate career like you did? We see all ages. So when I set Pink Link up, going back to the market research, a very some of the some of the comments on that was I can't join this group because I'm a new startup business and I don't have the funds, it's too expensive. Mm-hmm. So I knew cost was something that we would have to consider to keep it low cost because I wanted to create create an inclusive environment. Other things that came back to me were because my business is candle making. You know, and I go to this networking, it's loads of blokes who just don't get candle making. Or, for instance, I've got a lingerie shop or I'm a beautician. They didn't feel very welcome. So when when I set up, I wanted to make sure it was inclusive. So for us, it doesn't matter what age you are, how big your business is, what your turnover is, what industry you're from. Everybody's the same. Everybody's welcome. And so because of that, and it also really helps because you get those younger ones coming through, younger age, who learn so much from the older ones. So to give you an example, we can have ladies in there, maybe mid, late 20s through to I've got a member with me who's probably... I don't know. Everybody always asks me how old this lady is. And I I always say she's 101. But (laughs) I don't know is the answer. But she's had businesses where she started up and multi-million turning over businesses. And then she retired. And now she just, she retired and thought, I can't do it. I'm too bored. So she started up again. And she does it just herself now um, in her profession. But she's probably in a, I would say, eighty. 
oh, I hope she doesn't watch this. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the variety. We've got women, 50s, 60s, 70s, you know, onwards from those ones who were earlier on. I would say our average age is probably about 40 plus, or about 45-ish. Mm -hmm. um, and again, there's some really interesting research in that as well. Traditionally, and I suppose women like my mum started a family when she was quite young, you know, 18, 19, you know, and uh, that age I think has probably gone up a bit since the time, you know, when my mum had started her family. Um, but we traditionally women would have started a family when they were younger. And so when we look at the, re the research into women in business, quite a lot of the time they won't uh, start a business till later on because they've got the kids and they have a job that pays them an income and it's secure. Starting a business can be risky, you know, you don't have that paycheck every every month. You don't have that security of uh, sick pay and holiday pay and the pension and all of that. Um, and so they'll wait till the kids have, have grown up. Um, and quite often it can be after they've been to uni because they'll even support them financially throughout university. And then once that bit's happened, then they'll go, okay, this is my time now. Um, now what am I going to do? Um, because I've actually yeah. hated the job I've been in for years, but I stuck with it because I had, I had no choice. So it can be that type of thing that can, you know, mean a, a, a woman won't start till later on because of responsibilities at home um and just situation yes yeah and no, i completely agree i think i think that's what i found um again going back to as i say me kind of joining the 40s club i, I have found so many other women in their 40s 50s and 60s that that are either starting their businesses or or growing their businesses they had businesses before when they had their the children younger um but it was more of a kind of sideline of a, or a hobby um also, and as you yeah. say now the kids have kind of left the net they've they've now kind of taken it on a on a new level which uh, which i think is fantastic in, in itself really we um, do get so a lot what... of ladies who do that as well kate have a, what we call they call a side hustle nowadays yeah. where they have the kids and maybe they start that little side hustle at home um it might not be full time and then you know they'll start on it and it's just sort of a hobby it's making a little bit of an extra income and i think during this period as well because Obviously, COVID's just been terrible for people from a point of view. There's been redundancies, people have lost their jobs, maybe their incomes have been reduced. And especially their husband, maybe, if the husband was the key uh, or partner was the key financial earner at the home. And if they've had a hit, then we're seeing more of those side hustles being started by women. And eventually yeah. they'll get to that stage where they'll make that decision. Do I now take that further and do it full time? you know and they will get to that so we do see a, a quite a bit of that as well uh coming through and i think we'll see more and more of that because of covid yeah absolutely i'm a big fan of the, uh, the side hustle i mean smiley boo our business um lee and i um that was supposed to be a side hustle but it very much kind of took over and um and was like you, you're either going to give this a go or you're going to give it up because it just got to the point that we, it couldn't be a side hustle anymore so yeah i'm i'm a big fan of, of uh, starting a side hustle because it, it can take you places that you you're not expecting so um yeah it's it's a it's an important thing to do um what challenges do you see women facing now um like with, with covid with everything the way the world is now what what kind of challenges do you see are the most important at the moment and the most pertinent um 
from obviously we have hundreds of members so I, I, you know i go from what they tell me they've experienced during this time um which has just been phenomenal really just madness this whole period this 12 months and it's like <laughs> just the i think i don't know what I so i sort of i always say it's a bit like the big dipper you know it's like <laughs> like this through this last 12 months period you know from a mental health point of view an emotional point of view uh which i'm sure you've probably i'm sure you can't have helped but experience that when we first went into the number one lockdown because we it's like it's become a trilogy now you know we've just come out of lockdown, yeah. coming out of lockdown three you know i'm just hoping it doesn't continue uh to be lockdown four and five um yeah. but yeah we've had that emotional side of things you know that sheer shock uh, you know and realization in, in lockdown one um then sort of the coming to terms and then sort of getting my head back on and let's get let's get back to business and sort of stuff um so we've had all of that then lockdown two before christmas you know and all of that and then this last lockdown i think has been particularly tough um and i think for the women there's been a number of reasons and number one is because the kids didn't go back to school so mm -hmm. i've had members just juggling children at home and trying to homeschool them you know we've had conversations yeah. about mathematics and like <laughs> going, what? no idea how to answer my child's question on this maths everybody's yeah. hitting google how do i answer this you know so having to to, to to homeschool the kids so you know for instance i've had some of our ladies who said to me i'm homeschooling my child in the morning and then after sorting the lunches out then after that i then start looking at my work and then i catch up on paperwork and admin until 11 o'clock at night mm, yeah and that's been full on yeah. you know for so many of them in this this third lockdown um because they are juggling so many things um so that's been a massive impact um salons and stuff beauticians massage therapists all of those ladies that have had to close hospitality you know and couldn't do anything at all mm -hmm. you know financially having to try to work out how they pivot their business and be creative um during this time to try to find that to find a way of creating some income mm -hmm. you know because when you shut you shut you know we run events normally i do 100 events over the course of the year covid yeah. meant for me overnight pretty much 80 percent of my business was put on hold Mm -hmm. which was just huge um so yeah women trying to work out what they can do to to diversify that's been huge um and then also because i work with women we tend to find a lot of them have been carers as well you know for family members elderly family members parents grandparents etc uh, which has been tough um because they're also having to do their shopping their runs to the pick prescriptions or doctor's appointments hospitals all of that sort of stuff um on top of trying to keep have the kids at home yeah do the job, run the business um so yeah caring i think has been a, a big thing as well um for a lot of them from feedback we've had or caring for children as well their own kids that may be heart, uh, vulnerable uh due to various um health issues and stuff um and at the same time, you're missing, 
it, it does make me laugh when we've had all the students like last year going, but we want to go out, you know, students. And I'm like, no, I want to go out too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just because we get to 14, 50 doesn't mean we don't want to go out. Yeah. You miss, you're missing all of that social side of things as well. Because us women, we do like to get together and have a good old natter. Um, but, uh, you know, in the physical way as well as, as over Zoom. Um, so yeah, it's been very trying, I think, um, for a lot of, a lot of, the, for many of the women in so many different ways, mm-hmm. um, during this time, but there's been some really positive things. And, and so for us, we try to grasp onto those positives, um, and really try to amplify those yeah. because if you sit and think about all those negatives all the time, it's only going to have one effect on, on your mental health. So you have to try and concentrate on those positives, what have I done well? Because that's something as women we're not very good at. Mm-hmm. We're not very good at congratulating ourselves at how far we've come or our successes, um, you know, because we're just too busy going, oh, balls. Yes. <laughs> And so we always try to encourage the women to say, just, but look, you've had all of that over the last 12 months. Look at what you've achieved, you know, because I think we are very resilient, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Women. Well, that, that was actually going to be my second part to the question is what do you kind of see the, of the silver linings of this whole period? Because, um, for example, in your own business, you've pivoted online uh, to do your Zoom meetings. Do you do you see that, that some of that will continue even when you're allowed to have physical events because, you know, it's easier for some people maybe or what have been the kind of silver linings? Yeah, I mean, for us personally, um, when we went into lockdown one, um as i said before pretty much 80 percent of my business was just gone that's that you can't do any of that anymore um and so we moved the networking online because i don't just do the networking we have a big awards platform that we do an annual awards which has 700 people (laughs) on average um we do large conferences expos that type of stuff so all of that was shelved um so i moved the networking online and um probably around June, July last year, bearing in mind we went to lockdown in March, I sort of realized this continued and I and I didn't push out, start to think about being more commercial again because I hadn't been. I've been doing loads of stuff for free. We put on free masterclasses to tackle things like mental health. We put yoga classes on. We, we put on um, courses with legal people who could help them over family matters because you know we've had women who've been going through divorce locked in their houses with husbands who were supposed to be divorcing yeah through this you know all sorts of challenges um so we put all of this free stuff on for a number of months and then i sort of realized if that continued for a, a long period of time we wouldn't we wouldn't survive because we just couldn't uh, financially um we'd probably be closed we'd probably have to close the business down and that would be that and i tell you what Kate, i haven't put 11 years of my life into this to be blown away by a bloody pandemic <laughs> do you know what i mean it was like it's not happening what what can we do so i sort of made the decision then um because i felt i can't i can't advertise the network based on a face-to-face meeting because that was in the business model because I can't promise them a a face-to-face meeting because I've no idea when they're coming back. We all hoped we might have got something September, October, but that all went out the window again. So I changed the business model to say that we we are staying online via Zoom permanently. Mm -hmm. And I think initially some of the the ladies thought, cracky, 
you know, not, the, some of them were a bit like, wow, I can't believe that that's happening. Others were like, yeah, you know, do you know what? I'm enjoying Zoom. It's easier. I'm not, I'm not missing being stuck in the blooming traffic. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to get to the, the venue. Um, I'm also more productive because I can be on the Zoom and then I'm straight off and I'm straight back up, back to work. So my productivity yeah. levels are up. So there was a lot of better benefits. Also, we were getting people who were, um, as we as we change, we've got people coming to us now from down south, from all mm-hmm. over. You know, we're based in the northwest. We've got we've got members from Reading, from everywhere now, um, because the geographical. Um, location it's changed um so i decided that's it we'll stay on zoom we changed the business model and because of doing that i felt that i could become more commercial again and start to you know look advertise and say look you know market again and say would you like to come um so we did that but then it also gave me the opportunity to expand so i had women that i knew He'd always been interested in working with me at Pink Link. They knew what I did. They loved the meetings. They loved the ethos and the values of what we do. Um, and they'd been hit financially because of the pandemic because they were in hospitality yeah. in, in the main. They, they had businesses that were either working in hospitality or renting out uh, accommodation. And so overnight, they too have been affected financially. So... Um, I approached them and said, right, I'm going to I'm going to create a license so that you can run your own picnics under license with me. We'll help you, train you, um, and you can then run them and they earn financially from the membership that they take on. So we set up the license, uh, started working on that, the training model, and we launched five new groups in September. Um, so we did from September through to January, we did five groups. So three were launched in September, another one in November, another one in January of this year. And we just launched a, another one in um, this month. So we've got one more opening this month and, and another one next month. Um, so that had to be the focus. It was like, OK, we can't do all of that other stuff. We need to see how we can make this work and to expand on that. And, you know, it's been it's been fabulous because not only have we created a platform that's helping other women to earn, which is great for them, it's creating business for them, but it's also creating another group where it's bringing more women together who are also impacted because they're able to do more business together because we're now in Liverpool, we're in Warrington, we're in throughout Cumbria. And so it's made the network bigger. Um, And by having more women to connect with from various businesses, it's helping all our members to be able to connect and make more connections and start new conversations. And from new conversations, new relationships are built. Um, and you just never know what can happen further down the line with that. Um, so yeah, that's sort of where we put our focus. Um, and I love, I'm, I'm loving that aspect of it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we were, I don't know how much you know about us, but we're an events business. So we, we were exactly the same. Everything just stopped um, and for all our franchisees. Um, but I, I've been running the same amount of time as well. So when you said, you know, I've not put 11 years of my life into this for nothing, that's exactly how we felt. And we were like, this: we've got to find some way 
of keeping going. And unfortunately, there wasn't really anything that we could do with that specific business that has had to just pause. Uh, but we built a second business so that we could get our income elsewhere so that we, we didn't have that dependence on the first business. So we're just waiting for the world to open back up again and can move on with that other one. But it, this whole second business would have, wouldn't have come, you know, wouldn't have been there, wouldn't have even been thought about had, uh, had COVID not happened. So it's, it's, definitely been a an awful thing for the world but you, you have got to kind of hang on to those silver linings and and find you know the, the positives as well because I think that's the only way we're going to all get through it <laughs> I think it's about taking control Kate yeah you know there were like if you're in events the same as us it's like I couldn't control any of that you yeah. know it's like I can't I can't say when we'll be back in a room together it's completely out of my control and so instead of worrying about it you know, and having, you know, throughout this period for the very early lockdown, sleepless nights, you know, the stress of all of that. Yeah. Um, I had to make uh, two of my staff, uh, I had to let them go. You know, I had to let my office go. All of that stuff was so hard and those decisions were so difficult um, and the stress that you experience and your mental health suffers so much. So it was letting go of all of that stuff that I couldn't control. Mm -hmm. and thinking okay what can i do that will yeah. impact us moving forward us growing and us impacting on our members and our offering because the other thing i did do as well which was probably about eight months ago now i invested in an online platform which was a private so it's like a private members club mm -hmm. and they can all connect in there they can post, they can promote the businesses, they can chat, they can put videos on. And so it's a great way for them to market their businesses with each other, but also to connect. So I started it and I thought, okay, as we expand, all that's happening now is more women are in that community now. Mm -hmm. So even if yourself, Kate, say you were a member of us in Alcumbra and you went to Carlisle Group, for instance, and you networked in Carlisle on Zoom, you can now go in the community and meet people from Warrington, Liverpool, Blackpool, mm -hmm. Lancaster, you know, and you can meet them in there. Um, so that was a really good idea as well, because the more we expand now, the more people will be in that community and having more people there just offers more opportunities. Um, but yeah, it, it's very much, and that's why we've said trying to keep on the positives. What can we control? What will we keep? So moving out of this, when we come out of lockdown, we're staying as we are. Yes. We're going to keep the model as it is. And when I'm allowed to, <laughs> do an event we're gonna we're gonna get back in the room we'll have our expos we'll do all of that and they'll run alongside uh what we do so they won't be instead of they won't replace um and i think the reason for that is as well when i'm talking to customers i've got some that are chomping at the bit you know i can't wait to have a coffee and get back out there and i've others that are going i'm gonna wait and see what happens i'm, I'm nervous because i'm looking after my mum and my mum's ill and you know she's vulnerable to any infection and i don't want to put her at risk so you've got all of those that consumer confidence to consider as well you know and also the convenience as well because in our um side of the events world um in particularly in corporate events the buzzword is hybrid mm. um where you can get this 
combination of both a, a live event and a, a virtual aspect because it really just expands your audience as you were saying you, you've now got people from a lot wider area than you would have previously had um, and I, I personally think that's the way the world will go it will be a combination of both live and on online yeah uh, we've, we've already started to sort of look at a couple of venues where I know they've got big screens and we can connect with zoom via the screen and still have people in the room so we are looking at joint offerings on a hybrid event stage as well yes. um, because I think it's just convenient for people um, and you know so and it also it just helps to meet the needs of everybody mm -hmm. you know so that you're not because going back to what I said really early on was we were set up on being inclusive yeah. Um, and so if I now take the business model and go back to being in the room permanently, that's going to exclude people. And mm -hmm. so we need to think about how can we continue to work and be inclusive um, and meet everybody's needs, not just their needs from a business point of view and a traveling, but also those those emotional needs about how they feel about going back into a room full of lots of people, mm -hmm. because everybody isn't the same. Mm -hmm. um, we're all, we all feel differently about things. You know, some of some people are booking the pub now because, you know, the pubs here can open from Monday if you want to sit outside in the cold and have a pint. So <laughs> some, are, some are chomping at the bit to, to get that table booked. Others are going, no, I'll just stop in. You yeah. <laughs> you have to consider that, you know, for yeah. everyone. Absolutely, yeah. They'll be having their uh, the vir virtual points or the rise of um, pub gardens. I've seen, uh, as in physically your own garden, I've seen quite a few of those pop up where people have built like outdoor bars and things. <laughs> yeah, you can't buy furniture, garden furniture here for love and the money. Oh, it's really? <laughs> yeah, the only thing you can get is like the really expensive stuff where you're spending thousands. So I've, I've literally had to order some and I have to wait till mid-May for it to come. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Like, but I just thought, well, I might as well order it because you, you, unless you're really quick, it's all yeah. <laughs> beanbags but, is for the moment. <laughs> yeah, but I think we're all probably when we talk when you asked me before about changing and moving forward. Um, yes, we're going to keep the virtual side, um, but we're, I think we'll all uh, adapt and keep the outdoor space and the outdoor entertaining more probably than we did prior yeah. to this, um, and we'll probably all use our gardens more um for having people around and sitting around and being social and i think one of the things that we will do is we'll probably just relish that more than we did and appreciate it more than we did you know there's gatherings when we get together yeah um because we're now allowed to meet in the garden with six of us and so uh, at the weekend i sat in the garden with friends and it was just lovely to be with yeah. you know and be social yeah i think we're going to be appreciating the, the simpler things in life a lot more than, than previously and, yeah. and being less busy as well i think is is important to people now you know that's... less busy yes do you know what it's so funny um <laughs> since we went into this i worked like a crazy person before you know i was always up and down the motorway doing one event to the next as you'll appreciate with events there's always so much organization goes into it you know it's, yeah. it's never it's i think sometimes people just think they rock up and it all just happens yeah. you know? <laughs> it's like now it's like been months um and so I was always running around. And then when we came into this, I've actually seemed to have worked harder. Mm -hmm. 
pulling all of this, changing everything, to, you know, and being supportive for people, you know, members and stuff. Because, you know, we've had members at times where we've all had, you know, where we've needed that extra support and that emotional support as well as the, from the business point of view. So we've worked harder trying to pull stuff together than ever, I think. Um, but, yeah, I'm looking – I loved having the bank holiday this weekend. I didn't look at my emails and I thought, right, I'm going to have the bank holiday off, you know, <laughs> um, because it's been – like last year, no, no holiday at all, no time off yeah. at all. Yeah. You know, it was just nonstop um, trying to, to navigate our way through all of this. Yeah. Um, but then at the same time, you know, I – we've also been sourcing funding so at the beginning of this year what i also realized was because we're now growing numbers and we're growing geographically um we now are in a better position to apply to tender for funding and so i did i started doing that in december and we won a couple of contracts which enabled us to supply training and um, coaching sessions to the women as well so we've been doing that throughout january february march we've literally just finished um so that took a lot of time pulling all of that together but it's great because the way i've done it is i've brought in female trainers who normally would have been training in a room mm -hmm. with with participants attendees obviously their business is impacted because of last year you know the pandemic no you can't have the gatherings um so it's been wonderful to be able to grow the business create some wealth for others bringing the win the win the funding to have the trainers come in and bringing the female trainers to support them financially and pay them to deliver and then the women that we've had in the network have benefited because they've had that for free yeah which normally would have cost them thousands of pounds. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, from those sorts of points, that, that point of view as well, that's been really rewarding. And so I, I sort of do think, yeah, I've had no time off. It's been hectic. Um, but yeah, I'm taking a moment to reflect on it's all worthwhile because, we, yeah. you know, from, from being said 80% of your businesses, it, it stops. So what you can achieve in the last 12 months, uh, then yeah, I'm quite happy with that. I think we've, I think it's been worthwhile. The effort yeah we, we again did exactly the same the bank holiday just gone was i think the first time in years that i've literally shut my laptop and not looked at emails um because we as you say we've we've all been doing nothing but very very busy and stressed um throughout the whole period um you know we, we've been pushing up a rock uphill with, with a with a new business that's that's finally um getting some traction and, and received some funding um but I, I think what i mean in terms of kind of busy is the the busy for, for busy sake i think is what we're yeah. we've kind of learned to be a bit more efficient with our time and a bit more protective of um you know family time or or even just that simple conversation with your mum or whatever on the phone you know making that a lot more meaningful i think rather than um everything kind of shoehorned in um i i think has, has been again another kind of benefit of yeah i definitely think that um coming out of this that the women are that i work with um are definitely thinking about their work-life balance more what do they want coming out of this um, to be doing? Um, I've seen some of our ladies who have, um, we've got one lady who um, is an artist, as an example, who has changed her business that she previously was creating giftware um, that she was printing and stuff, beautiful stuff, but very time consuming. Um, and so now she's licensed her, her artwork uh, to other companies so they can do the printing 
Yeah. And she's she's making money off the license. And yeah. she's now realized that that's a way for her to generate the income, make it more time effective, uh, still being profitable and in some cases more profitable because she's doing less. And now she has that quality time. And I think we're all addressing what we're doing and thinking, okay, coming out of this, do I want to go back to the way I used to work? Exactly. Um, and, and how can I change and adapt so that doesn't happen again? So I think, yeah, definitely we all appreciate now, um, especially for those people who probably, and you know, over this period have lost people, you know, time is precious. And I think the pandemic, going through this experience has maybe also made us aware of that. You know, you just never know what you're going to face in your life. I didn't have any of us ever thought we were going to see a pandemic you know like I'd only read about those previously you know which I remember when we first went into this I was probably like everybody googling pandemics you know how long is this going to be around you know and you looked up I remember looking up the um the Spanish flu which was the last one and uh probably about 100 years ago and it was interesting there's some interesting things in that but did you know man flu came from that Oh, no, I didn't. Yeah. So I thought that was fascinating. So when it wasn't just in Spain, but because it happened in the war, that pandemic, and all the soldiers were dying uh, because of this pandemic, um, there was a, a curfew on the on the, the, the press, i.e. don't tell anybody that our soldiers are dying because they didn't want the, you know, the enemy to know. So everybody was saying that was in the war that they were all right, which is why it was called Spanish flu, because the only people who weren't in the war were Spain. <laughs> and then because it hit more men than it did women, more men were affected, that's where the term man flu came from. Ah, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, so it's a real, it's a real thing, this old man flu. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell them that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, we never thought we'd see this. And I think it's made us all reevaluate, you know, stuff. Um, and for me, you know, I'm just cracking on with what we can do. And I'm, I'm happy that we're able to still, still, be, still be productive, uh, make an impact and a difference. Um, and I'm just waiting for our awards to come back now. You know, yeah. watch. Oh, I've had to cancel it. I don't know how many times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we're set for um, September. Okay. End of, end of September. Um, and we're just sort of, they're doing some trials here now for the larger events. I don't know if you've heard about that. Yeah. and stuff so we're just sort of waiting and watching to see what happens and you know at the end of the day boris said that this is all over according to boris fine what is it the golden day of the 21st of june or whatever it is yeah that's the one we're waiting for because of wedding. yeah yeah <laughs> so you know boris has said it so <laughs> we should be back to normal let's see what happens yeah let's hope so um you mentioned that um you you got a, an online software for um, like a membership, a private membership place. Um, what would your top two resources in business be to to that you recommend or that you use in your business or that your women use in their businesses? So you mentioned like right at the beginning that a lot of people don't realise the resources out there, um, and a lot of what we do on this podcast is kind of um, is talk to people about hacks. Uh, so yesterday we we discussed design hacks, for example, and the wonders of using things like Canva and things like that. Mm. So, what what would you recommend as your top two resources for for business women? Top two. Firstly, tell people you need help. That's the first thing. 
<laughs> you know, uh, actually saying, I'm not good at this. And can somebody help me? Because that's number one. Because quite often you'll see that people will just feel too embarrassed to say that they need help with stuff. And during this last 12 months, it's been great to see people actually saying, I have no idea what I'm doing on this technology or I need help with this. And I need, you know, because as we've changed and pivoted throughout the 12 months, we were saying how busy we were. A lot of that was learning new stuff you know how do i work the zoom how do i do a zoom room you know all of these things that we've been trying to navigate so first i think you have to admit that you need some help and saying don't be afraid to do that we all need help we can't be experts at everything um but yeah so i would say from a resource point of view networking i have to say networking <laughs> having a strong network because if you can say, if you've got a, a room full, a Zoom full of people who are experts in fields, who have come across those challenges before, or are maybe experiencing the same challenge, and you say, oh, I need help with X, Y, Z, there's going to be somebody that's going to say, I can help you with that. I had somebody the other day um, who was saying, I'm taking some staff on. Um, I need um, some advice on um, the contracts. And I've never done staff before. And I don't know about the pension side. And straight away, somebody said, oh, oh don't worry. We'll have a Zoom after this. And I'll, I'll guide you and, and give you some info. You know, so number one, I think, is having a network because it makes it so much easier. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah. You know, rather than trying to find it all out yourself and work through and especially when you're looking at stuff that might be technical or wording that you don't know it's like well what does that mean mm -hmm. I have no idea. um so yeah definitely having um a network as a resource to help you um with sharing knowledge and gaining knowledge and then i think one of the other resources i would say is it has to be into your marketing um because I think when we speak to the women, I've, we've just done those loads of courses that we've run. And I was asking people, what do you, I did a poll. I said, what do you want next? You know, if we can win some more funding, what do you need help with? And marketing is one of the ones that always comes out, you know. And I think sometimes that's in regards to um, things like social media, like Facebook. It's ever changing. It's mm -hmm. like, just get your head around it and how yeah. they do it. Um, and then they change the thing and you go, oh God, it's not working that way now. You know, so having uh, having um, information about your marketing, how to use social media. Social media is always the one that people always say, I've said, they'll say to me, I've got a LinkedIn account and I never use it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's that sort of, you've got to be able to market your, your business. And I think during this time, especially because we've changed the way we're doing business, being online, being present online, being being for people to be able to find you online like over your competitor you know that's the thing you've got to be spotted how are you doing that so marketing especially online stuff right now is so important i think mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and how what's your way that you market it um market pink ladies what's your kind of number one? Oh god we're everywhere <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> everywhere so yeah and it's we spend so much time so um lizzie who works with me she just does all our marketing so she spends all her time doing the marketing so she will do press releases and send those out um she will go on the radio um so we cover loads of different platforms um we'll do the linkedin twitter instagram facebook um all of those we do our own e-letter marketing um 
any way which we can get any publicity we, we tend to do we'll also go to other events networking events on zoom you know we get involved in other people's stuff um because you never know who we might meet that we might might help us or you know be um be of interest to us um all good connections for us to do business with in the future however um so yeah and referrals we ask our customers you know who do you know that could help might be interested in x y or z you know um so yeah we market everywhere um and it's funny because we've got different platforms so for us one platform we might get more response about one particular thing than we will another um, so for instance, and I'm sure that's the same for every business, um, when we do our awards, because it's, it's literally like the Oscars, you know, for, for women in business, you know, it's really glitzy and glamorous. It's full red carpet and everybody's dolled up to the nines. Um, I like to say we have more, more sequence than Strictly because normally <laughs> we're on the same time as Strictly come dancing. Um, and so it's really glamorous. And so from a, from a visual point of view, the photos that are, and the videos that are done from the evening are the things that really push out on the social media. So we tend to find when we have the awards, for instance, Facebook for us goes through the roof, um, which was which was sort of ironic uh, last September when we should have had the awards. Everybody on Facebook was sharing their timeline from the year before. <laughs> and all of these images were coming up from the the event from the year before all of them glamorous and, and my facebook was flooded with everybody's images so yeah we tend to we tend to do quite a lot of different stuff because we find eva's will work really well on facebook especially around the awards night then you know we've done things like interviews so international women's day we did a, a week of events and we did a lot of free uh, events for ladies to join in and some of them were where we interviewed a couple of uh, leading female entrepreneurs who had pivoted the businesses successfully and brought out new products during covid and that we got really good response to that on instagram for instance um so yeah it varies for us um so we tend to try to make sure that we are doing different stuff on different things mm -hmm. um i just delivered the um some peer-to-peer -peer work in cumbria um which was the coaching sessions that we did through the funding platforms and our linkedin got a good response from that because all the women that were on it were all connected via linkedin and they were all sharing and commenting on linkedin so it does it does vary from platform to platform and i think you just have to put the effort in interesting those women that i interviewed um for the international women's day that we did both of them were saying that the marketing aspect one of them was saying that she spends 80 percent of her time on a marketing Mm, yeah, I can believe it. Mm. And that I thought was a real eye opener because, you know, when I have women that say to me, oh, I don't do any, I'm like, it's so important, you know. Um, and she's managed to take her new product to market, um, been massively successful um, and has already had had people want to invest in her company uh, to the multi-millions. Yeah. But 80% of her time is spent on marketing. So... And I think that's one of the things that I always say, we have to keep listening to others and learning from them and, and hearing what they're saying works for them um, and taking that on board. Um, so yeah, we spend an awful lot of time on marketing. And I think it's the resilience piece with marketing as well, because I, I, I think a lot of women, well, and men that I meet, 
uh, kind of give up with the marketing too soon. They're like, oh, you know, I tried that, it didn't work. But it, it's much more, you just got to keep going when it comes to, to marketing, especially if you're new. It, it can feel like you're shouting into an empty room, but you, you just got to keep putting that message out there. Yeah, we do. I have those conversations with ladies where they say, oh, I've put all this stuff out and I've only had one like or nobody shared it or nobody's commented. Um, but I don't think we do. We don't always um comment like share on every single thing we do but what we do see is if they are coming up on our feeds and we're following people we see their name we see their brand and it's that repetitiveness maybe it's just timing maybe we're not ready to buy yet mm -hmm. and so you know i have one of our members who's absolutely brilliant at marketing and she posts everywhere consistently and i think that's the message here is the consistency and she consistently posts and I see some of the posts not all of them have got uh, comments on and I was having a conversation with her and she's been really successful she's doing training online online courses and she's selling out and I, and I was asking her where are your customers coming from you know because she said oh I'm getting you know she's part of our network she's still got members coming through from pink link but she's also monitoring and her social media isn't what is is also working so although they might not have commented liked at the time they've remembered the brand and what she does and sometimes it we, we take time to think about things whether we're going to buy it or not you know shall i do that shall i not you know or maybe it's not the right time maybe we'll, we've got the kids at home right now now the kids have gone back to school okay i can do that thing now you know so i'll go back to that so you know i think it's i think it's important and not to beat yourself up and think well i didn't get hundreds of likes and shares yeah. you know because it probably is doing its job um and it will come to fruition but you've just got to be patient because a lot of the things that we sell it's not like a bottle of milk you know you don't need a bottle of milk every day you know it's it's as and when you need it Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So networking is obviously your number one, um, as you'd expect with what you do as well. Um, and I agree. I mean, I, over the last however many years, haven't been that great on the networking side, but the pandemic, have, I've really kind of made that my mission, especially when when things were quieter, is is to network more and raise my profile. And it's definitely had a huge impact um, on both of my businesses. So I completely agree with you. In terms of your own influence, what who's been the number one influence on your life, um, whether that's business or personal or both? Who who have you kind of looked up to and has influenced what you've done? Mm, that's a tough question. <laughs> Uh, okay, so I would have to say, from a personal point of view, I'm going to have to say my mum. Mm -hmm. um, so I was brought up in hotels. My parents bought a hotel when I was six. So yeah, we moved to Scotland when I was six from down south, actually, because I'm originally a southerner. Uh, but don't tell anybody that because they think <laughs> I'm a northerner. Um, so yeah, we moved to Scotland when I was six and we had a hotel and then moved to Blackpool when I was 10 and my parents bought another hotel. And so I was brought up um, in, a, in a business, basically. It was my mum and dad's business. So I have been brought up in that environment. And um, back in the day when they had the hotel in Blackpool and I was a kid, um, people came to Blackpool for a week, you know, and they had breakfast and they came home for evening meal. 
mm-hmm. you know, five. So it was breakfast and dinner and at weekends, um, on a if we had coach parties in that would come through, they would come through on the Friday night and then they would have their breakfast and then they'd have the lunch on a Sunday before they got on the coach to, to go home again. So my parents worked every day. Mm-hmm. Every, they didn't have a day off because they had breakfast and dinner every day. Plus at weekends, they would have the breakfast and their lunches. And then they also had a bar. In, and so then they were running the bar and then the rooms needed cleaning. So it was 24-7. You know, they didn't have days off. So I would say my mom, from that point of view, because um, not only did she work in the business, uh, work very hard, but she also brought the kids up. Um, and she was she always was determined and had a really good work ethic um so i started working when i was eight so my mum used to send me out to the at the breakfast tables when i was eight to, to bring out things to the guests you know um and so my first sort of job on my own was my paper round so on a sunday i would go around to the guests and I would ask them what they wanted for their papers. And I would write a list of the papers, bearing in mind the mates. And then they would give me their coins and money. And then I would go to the paper shop and I would come back. Now, I'm you can't tell on Zoom, but I'm only five foot two and a half. Um, so I was always a titchy tot. And so I would go to the news station. I'd come back with a sack full of these papers. And then I would give them out. And I was quite cute in those days. Um, <laughs> um, and so I, I learned very early on that um, when I gave them the papers, they would give me a tip. Right. So, <laughs> I think learned, being in that environment with my mum and, and her pushing me to, to go out and communicate with the customers and to talk to the customers enabled me from a communications level early on to understand the importance of that and the importance of customer service, making the note, bringing the right paper, being polite to the customers, having a conversation, um, which I think sometimes nowadays, this generation coming through are not as good at that communication side of things, you know, because they're all too tied to the iPad and stuff. Um, so yeah, I think that was a, the for me the number one was my mother um, pushing me to to be a bit more uh, extrovert and and and, and be learning about the business. Um, so I worked as I worked on as as I was older. You know, I worked to serve breakfasts and dinners, and I worked in the bar and cleaned the rooms and learned about that side of the business. Um, but I never wanted to be in it. Mm-hmm. Um, when I left school, I always always wanted to do something on my own that was mine. Because mm-hmm. um, traditionally in those days, so many kids on our street, they all went in, they followed into the business uh, with the parents. It was just what was done. You know, the parents then brought them in and they became manager or whatever. But that wasn't really for me. Um, but yeah, I would say probably that was the earliest one. And then later on, I would say I worked for a guy called Russ who had um, my first my first sort of proper um, working with a, an entrepreneur on his own because I did uh, work I worked in records when I left when I left um, sixth form, 
um, worked for Virgin, met Richard Branson when I was very very young. And he was a, a good role model, I think, um, from a branding point of view. I've always admired his. Um, but I left there and I went to work for a guy who had a little independent record shop in Stockport. And it was like a, a tiny little back street shop and it sold all the white labels. And it was really trendy. Um, and, and by that, that stage, I wasn't as cute as I was at eight, but I was <laughs> with my boots on and a bob and you know into indie music um and with russ um he made me director of his company and i uh helped him to take that backstreet record shop and create a chain and so we opened with him i opened six uh outlets um on the high street um and i learned so much from him from him you know how to set that up um negotiating the deals with the stockists about the retail aspect of it the staffing so i ended up being a director when i was 21 for him and um being in charge of all the staff really across across six outlets um and so his work ethic he was really tough wheeler dealer you know the the record company reps would come in and they go oh you know we've got this album on cd or whatever and you know it's x price and he really negotiated with them and um to be honest i don't think they liked him very much <laughs> in some ways because he drove such a hard bargain but what they did do was they respected him yeah because he was a good businessman um so yeah that was a, a chain that was called music zone okay and it went on to um to go across the uk um and he sold the business at the right time before it all went online you know to downloads um but i remember sitting in sitting in the shopping wigan we were we were launching the shopping wigan in the town center in the shopping mall there and i was there one o'clock in the morning still working still putting finishing touches around the room you know in in the shop you know stacking shelves and stuff um and it was one in the morning we were we wrote in at eight the next morning and we had to queue out the door and literally had had a couple of hours kit um but so i learned a lot from him in regards to that we were always the first to have a band signing or a people coming into the shop you know like um somebody was in the charts i remember um all sorts of dance um bands that would come in and they would do signings with cues out the door and and something he always did was against his competitor if there was a massive launch of an album that everybody would want say it was queen or dire straits or whatever it was that was big at tina turner whatever i would drive to the depot and collect our stock in this little van i had and then i would deliver it so i'd be up early i'd be at the depot at six in the morning collect the stuff get it out to uh, our retail outlets and i'd be meeting the our managers there's your lot you drive to st ellen's you get to wigan you you know go to stockport you go to lee whatever and we would all have to stop early and then we would open our doors at least an hour earlier than all our competitors you know who were on the high street so it was always he learned i learned so much from that about being a little bit step ahead from others um and because we did that we had a whole hour of sales earlier Mm. um you know because if it was iron made in the summer or whatever people were cute you'd be cues around the block for it um so yeah i think um my mom from work ethic and um and all the rest of it and, and probably russ just in regards to competition and, and and business side of things there's something so romantic about those physical days when mm. When you had the physical music and people would queue out the door, like you say, and you're putting the finishing touches on the shop. My um, my 
my background wasn't dissimilar. My parents had a, a restaurant and um, but it was a fish speciality restaurant because my dad was a fishmonger and we were about an hour from London. But people would drive out from London to go to this speciality restaurant because it was unusual and, and people didn't have that where they were. And and we've kind of lost that now because everything's, you know, just at the touch of a button or the end of a phone. And I think there's something definitely romantic about those days. Yeah, because the other thing that he would do is, I remember we were the first people to have, we had the shop fitting was done in a metallic blue. So it was quite different than the norm. The norm was like grey, white shelving. And we had metallic blue, so it was shiny and exciting. But then we had also, we were the first people to have headphones in store. Ah, okay. You know, so we had like sections where you could put your headphones on and you could choose your music and you could ask for it to be played. Yeah. Um, and we were the first to have that. I think they had them later on in HMV and stuff like that. Um, but he was always, it was that what I learned from him, one of the many things was about being that little bit ahead of doing something slightly different um over your competition to make people talk about you you know yeah. oh go in there they've got head boots you know yeah, yeah. people felt that people wrecked them <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're always having to be replaced but you yeah. know it brought people in you know we did yeah. stuff differently and so yeah i think um very much that part of things is something i've always tried to do with pink link and the evers is doing something slightly different than everybody else is doing um so that people remember you for that you know and yeah. think, oh, you know, so they did this, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and that's something that I've always tried to do in our events, you know, do something slightly different. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, this has been lovely. Um, thank you for joining us. I, I love listening to your stories. We seem to have quite similar similar backgrounds and similar um, attitudes to life. Before I let you go, where, where can people find you? Where can people find Pink Link and find more about the awards and hopefully that are, fingers crossed, happening this year? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, obviously they can go to um, all the W's, so www.pinklinkladies.co.uk and um, all our networking sessions are on there and events. Um, anybody's welcome. So any woman that's out there, even if they're just thinking about, I'm thinking of starting a business because maybe they've had a change during this, this period and they've never been networking before. It's okay. Don't worry about that. We are so used to that situation. So many of our ladies were first time networkers. Everybody's welcome um so yeah you can book through there and welcome to book first visit free come along and just meet the ladies and see what we do there's never any um uh, push from us for people to join i sort of feel like if people join they join because they want to and if they do that they'll stay i've got members who have been with me 11 years <laughs> i sort of call them yeah. my stalkers nowadays <laughs> but i think that's testament to you know they don't just <laughs> stay because they want to give me money because you know, <laughs> it works so that's good and then with the awards we're open now for entries as well entries and nominations so you can enter the awards um but also so many of our ladies are too shy to do that so if you know a woman out there that you think is just absolutely fabulous at what she does and she just doesn't recognize it put her in for an award there's loads of different awards um, that they can go through from a uh, solo entrepreneur through to inspirational woman uh, family business etc um, so for the awards they can go to www.enterprisevisionawards.co.uk um, do pop your hat in it's open for any uh, woman in business um, throughout the northwest of, the, of England at the moment um, so yeah mm -hmm. do get themselves in because you know the thing is with the awards and that's the one thing I love about it is um, 
there's so many benefits for the women, you know, even just getting through to the finals and the interview, they learn so much. It's such a process and it's um, very rewarding for every, for them and for me. I just love it so much. Missed it last year terribly. Um, yeah, absolutely. We did um we did a podcast episode. I think it was episode 101, which was all about the benefits of of entering awards and what it can do for your business and you as a person. So um we'll uh, we'll put a link to your awards in both episodes, this one and and in that one as well, so that people. Thanks, can... Kate. And also, Kate, don't forget. I know you're in France, but it doesn't make any difference now. Jump on one of our networks. Come and have a look at what we do. You'd be. I, I was just about to say I'll be your first international yeah. member. <laughs> Yeah, do you know, we had an event on during International Women's Day that we did with Granada Reports and we had a lady joining us from America, from Spain, from Italy. <laughs> so, yeah, it's great now that we're on Zoom because it was so lovely to see people from abroad joining us. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Kate, you're more than welcome to come on. I'm sure that you'll find within our network some fascinating ladies that you'll want to meet far more interesting than me. <laughs> No, that's brilliant. I will definitely take a look. And as I say, I'll put all the, the links on to this episode as well. So thank you ever so much for joining us. All right. Thank you so much for your time, Kay, and in your interest. And all the best. I look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks. Bye.